0: Hello and welcome to LTC-DON Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Directors of Nursing Services, AADNS. I'm your host, Rebecca, and today, AADNS Curriculum Development Specialist, Denise Winzeller will talk about how the DNS can be prepared for the new Focused Infection Control Survey. Welcome,
1: Denise. Thank you, Rebecca. I'm glad to be here to discuss this important topic with you. All right, let's get
0: started. Denise, can you tell us about the survey changes that have recently happened due to the COVID-19 pandemic?
1: Absolutely, Rebecca. So on March 4th, CMS released a quality, safety, and oversight memorandum entitled Suspension of Survey Activities, QSO 20-12-ALL, stating it was changing survey activity due to the coronavirus pandemic, and survey activity was limited to the following. All immediate jeopardy complaints, cases that represent a situation in which entity noncompliance has placed the health and safety of recipients in its care at risk for serious injury, serious harm, serious impairment, or serious death and allegations of abuse and neglect. Also, complaints alleging infection control concerns, including facilities with potential COVID 19 or other respiratory illnesses, statutorily required recertification surveys, such as nursing homes, home health, hospice, and ICF IDD facilities any revisits necessary to resolve current enforcement actions, initial certifications, surveys of facilities and hospitals that have a history of infection control deficiencies at immediate jeopardy levels in the last three years, and surveys of facilities, hospitals, and dialysis centers that have a history of infection control deficiencies at lower levels than immediate jeopardy. Then on March 13th, President Trump declared a national emergency. And on March 23rd, CMS released a new quality, safety, and oversight memorandum entitled Prioritization of Survey Activities QSO-20-20-ALL, stating they were prioritizing surveys and would only conduct the following surveys. Complaint or facility-reported incident surveys that are triaged at the immediate jeopardy level. Targeted infection control surveys. Self-assessments, which are infection control checklists shared with all providers and suppliers to allow for voluntary self-assessment of their infection control plan and protection, and certification surveys, which would continue in accordance with the current guidance and prioritization. The latest CMS update on May 6, 2020, labeled QSO-20-29-NH, included the addition of two more sections related to COVID-19 reporting, along with the addition of two new F tags, F884 and F885. I think the most significant changes are the focused infection control survey, the self-assessment facilities are advised to complete, along with the new reporting requirements. And I want to focus today on how facilities can have success with this self-assessment and prepare for this new survey. I also want to impress that facilities should go through this review regardless of whether or not they receive the focus survey. Lives could be saved by complying with these requirements. And CMS expects facilities to use this new process in conjunction with the latest guidance from CDC to perform a voluntary self assessment of their ability to prevent the transmission of COVID 19. Documentation proving the assessment was completed may be requested by surveyors if an on site investigation takes place.
0: Denise, how should a facility prepare for the infection control focus survey?
1: Great question, Rebecca. First and foremost, they need to download the COVID-19 focus survey for nursing homes included in the QSO-20-29-NH memorandum and use this tool as a self-assessment. This is the exact tool surveyors will be using when they conduct the focus survey. It's like having an open book test. There are nine areas on the survey. So let's discuss the highlights of each area and what the DON should have in place. The first section is standard and transmission-based precautions. Standard precautions are the minimum infection prevention practices that apply to all patient care, regardless of suspected or confirmed infection status of the patient in any setting where healthcare is delivered, and that includes hand hygiene, use of PPE, respiratory hygiene and cough etiquette, sharp safety, cleaning and disinfection of surfaces. Surveyors will make observations to ensure staff are performing standard precautions adequately. And they will specifically be focused on whether or not staff are utilizing respiratory and cough etiquette and cleaning and disinfecting equipment properly, such as shared blood pressure cuffs. Surveyors will also be focused on hand hygiene. So consider asking the following questions for your facility. Is there enough soap and hand sanitizer in your facility? And do the staff know when to use each of these? When residents are being assisted by the staff, are residents also using good hand hygiene regarding toileting and before meals? PPE is a focus as well. Now CMS is aware that there is a shortage of supplies in certain areas of the country, and state and federal surveyors should not cite facilities for not having certain PPE supplies, such as gowns, N95 respirators and surgical masks if they are having difficulty obtaining these supplies for reasons outside of their control. However, surveyors do expect facilities to take actions to mitigate any shortages and show that they're taking all appropriate steps to obtain the necessary supplies as soon as possible. So for example, If there is a shortage of PPE due to a supplier or supplier shortage, the facility should contact their healthcare coalition or other local venues such as nursing schools or dental schools that are closed for assistance. Facility leadership should also know how much PPE they have in the facility as well as what their usage rate is. The CDC has guidelines optimizing PPE supply and a PPE burn rate calculator. And both of these can be found on APACN's Coronavirus Updates and Essential Resources for LTPAC webpage at www.aapacn.org. In addition to standard-based precautions, Transmission-based precautions are also imperative to follow. Transmission-based precautions are implemented when caring for a resident that has a confirmed or suspicious infectious pathogen, and standard precautions are not adequate to prevent the spread. Transmission-based precautions are aligned with the route of transmission of the infectious pathogen. So for example, Tuberculosis requires airborne precautions because the pathogen that causes the disease is airborne. COVID-19 requires standard, contact, and droplet precautions. The surveyors are going to conduct observations to see if staff are one, implementing appropriate precautions for residents, and two, are following those precautions. For example, if a resident is COVID-19 test positive, are staff wearing the appropriate PPE for contact and droplet transmission-based precautions? The surveyors will also be interviewing staff to determine if they know the process and protocol for transmission-based precautions, as well as how they are being monitored for compliance. Thanks, Denise.
0: If a facility receives the focused infection control survey, what should the DON have
1: available for
0: Section 1?
1: Rebecca, the facility should have, one, a copy of their infection policy focusing on surveillance, two, protocols for cleaning and disinfecting rooms and equipment, three, current inventory of PPE, If the facility is low or out of PPE, the DON should have documentation to show what the facility has done to try and obtain the necessary supplies. Four, their burn rate calculation. And five, a record of the education provided to the staff regarding infection control policies, which should include, but are not limited to hand washing, transmission-based precautions, cleaning and disinfection and appropriate PPE use. Section 2 of 9 is resident care. In this area, surveyors will be observing to see if the facility is appropriately restricting residents. By this I mean if the facility has a resident that is presumptive COVID-19 or COVID-19 test positive, Are they restricting those residents to their rooms unless medically necessary? And are residents cohorted appropriately? Are residents performing social distancing? And if they must leave their rooms, are residents wearing appropriate PPE? Has the facility canceled group activities and communal dining? For residents with suspected or positive COVID-19, who develop severe signs and symptoms of illness requiring transmission to a hospital, did the facility notify EMS and the receiving facility of the diagnosis and the precautions that need to be taken? For residents with COVID-19 that need to leave the facility for such things as hemodialysis, did the facility notify all parties of the diagnosis And did the facility take appropriate precautions when transferring the resident, such as having them wear a face mask if available whenever they are out of the facility?
0: So Denise, if surveyed, what should the DON have available for Section 2?
1: Rebecca, the DON should have available, one, a list of residents with COVID-19 diagnosis, including presumptive or test positive, two, a list of those residents who leave their rooms for necessary procedures such as dialysis. Three, review the medical record of the residents transferred to the hospital with presumptive or test positive COVID-19 to ensure notification of EMS and the receiving facility notification has been documented. Four, They also wanna review medical records of residents with presumptive or test positive COVID-19 who leave their rooms for necessary reasons such as dialysis to ensure notification of that facility is documented. And five, have a copy of the activities calendar showing no communal activities. Section three of nine is infection standards, policies and procedures. This area is just as it sounds. The surveyors are going to be reviewing the facility's infection control policy to ensure it is current and follows the national standards for undiagnosed respiratory illness and COVID-19. And does it include notification of local and or state public health officials if clusters of respiratory illness or cases of COVID-19 are identified or suspected. If surveyed, what should the
0: DON have available for Section 3, Denise?
1: Facility leadership needs to review their infection control policy to ensure it follows national standards. If it does not, leadership needs to update the policy and review it with the medical director and in the QAPI meeting for follow-up as indicated. Section four of nine is infection surveillance. The facility needs to have a good surveillance procedure in place for both residents and employees. That include, one, how many residents and employees have signs and symptoms related to COVID-19, two, how many residents and employees have been diagnosed with COVID-19 and when was the first case confirmed? Three, how many residents and staff have been tested for COVID-19 and what is the protocol for when someone should be tested? Four, does the facility have a surveillance plan implemented for screening, tracking, monitoring, and or reporting fever? and isolating those that are symptomatic immediately. Five, does the plan include early detection, management of a potentially infectious symptomatic resident that may require laboratory testing and or transmission-based precautions, including PPE? And this plan may include tracking this information in an infectious disease log. Six, Does the facility have a process for communicating the diagnosis, treatment, and laboratory test results when transferring a resident to an acute care hospital or other healthcare provider? And obtaining notes such as discharge summary, lab results, current diagnoses, and infection or multidrug-resistant organism colonization status when residents are transferred back from acute care hospitals? And seven, can appropriate staff, such as nursing and unit managers, identify and describe the communication protocol with local and or state public health officials? The surveyors will interview staff to ensure infection control concerns are identified, reported, and acted upon.
0: So for Section 4, what should the DON have available if their facility is surveyed?
1: Rebecca, the DON, or infection preventionist, should have a copy of the infection control policy, and this should have already been reviewed to ensure it's up-to-date and includes surveillance. Two, a copy of employee screenings and up-to-date surveillance logs. If the facility does not have these, they can access both the Healthcare Personnel Screening Tool and the Healthcare Personnel Surveillance Tool on APACN's Coronavirus Updates and Essential Resources for LTPAC webpage at www.aap acn.org. Three, resident screenings should be kept in their medical records. Clinical leadership should review these records to ensure screenings are being completed per protocol. They may want to keep a line list for residents as well. They should review resident medical records to ensure those transferred have documentation showing communication to the hospital. And these may be as simple as utilizing the facility's transfer forms. Also, when receiving patients back, review the resident's medical record to ensure appropriate communication is obtained from the hospital, such as discharge summary, lab reports, etc. The DON and or infection preventionists should review the policy to ensure they know the communication protocol with local and state authorities.
0: Thank you, Denise. Before we get into section five, let's take a quick commercial break. Listeners,
1: please stay tuned. PDPM has increased the importance of accurate ICD-10-CM diagnosis by shifting Medicare payments from therapy volume to resident characteristics. ANAC's new ICD 10 for SNFs virtual workshop certificate program helps ensure that you're coding accurately and ready for the PDPM transition. Learn more at ANAC.org backslash virtual underscore workshops. Welcome back. Let's continue our
0: discussion with Denise Winzeler about the seven steps you'll need to follow for success with the new focused infection control survey. All right, Denise, what's section five all about?
1: Rebecca, section five is regarding visitor entry. Now, currently, this is a non-issue as visitors have been restricted, but when those restrictions are lifted or eased, the facility needs to make sure they are screening visitors for signs and symptoms of respiratory illness and that they have signage posted communicating the process, and any restrictions to the facility. They should have available and ready to implement any visitor screenings, ensure signage is posted, and monitoring for those permitted entry. Section 6 of 9 is education, monitoring, and screening of staff how is the facility providing education to its staff regarding COVID-19, such as what is it, how is it transmitted, what are the symptoms, screening procedures, work exclusions, etc. Also, how does the facility let staff know of any updates? Employee screening is included in this section as well, but I think we already covered it in section 4, so I'm not going to review all that again. But if staff develop symptoms at work, the facility needs to show what is done, such as placing a face mask on the personnel and sending them home immediately, informing the infection preventionist so they can record the information, such as symptoms, where the individual worked, equipment they used, etc. The facility also needs to be able to show they are following current return to work guidance per the CDC.
0: Thanks Denise. If surveyed, what should the DON have available for Section 6?
1: Rebecca, the DON should have available the following related to infection control education. One, sign-in sheets, and anything utilized to educate the staff regarding COVID-19. Two, updates. Keep copies of updates and be able to verbalize how updates are conveyed to your staff. Three, staff surveillance records. Four, copy of the facility's return to work criteria and make sure it's based on current CDC guidance. Section 7 of 9 was recently added in the May 6th CMS memo along with the new F-TAG F-885. This section is regarding how the facility is reporting COVID-19 information to residents, representatives, and families. The facility must inform all residents, their representatives, and families by 5 p.m. the next calendar day Following the occurrence of a single confirmed COVID 19 infection, or three or more residents or staff with new onset of respiratory symptoms that occurred within 72 hours of each other. The facility must also provide cumulative updates for these same things at least weekly or by 5 p.m. the next calendar day of the occurrence. Surveyors will be interviewing residents, representatives, and or family members to determine if they are receiving timely notifications.
0: All right, Denise. If surveyed, what should the DON have available for Section 7?
1: Rebecca, the DON should have available the following. One, a copy of the facility policy regarding COVID-19 notifications. Two, copies of all documentation or website updates utilized to inform residents, representatives, and families by 5 p.m. the next calendar day. Three, documentation that shows mitigating actions taken by the facility to prevent or reduce the risk of transmission, including if normal operations in the nursing home will be altered such as restriction to visitors or altered activities, and cumulative updates to residents, representatives, and families at least weekly or by 5 p.m. the next calendar day following the subsequent occurrence of either one confirmed COVID-19 case or when three or more residents or staff with new onset of respiratory symptoms occur within 72 hours of each other. Four, copies of audits to confirm they are receiving notifications. Five, if the facility is utilizing a website for notification, have a data copy of the letter sent to the residents, representatives, and families Notifying them of where they can get updates. Section eight of nine is also newly added and is regarding reporting to the CDC and CMS through the NHSN website. Facilities are encouraged to submit their COVID-19 data to this platform daily, but are required to submit at least on a weekly basis. A new F tag F884 was also added regarding this section. CMS conducts a review of the CDC data files to determine if this facility is reporting at least weekly through the NHSN website. And this review is performed off site. Denise, what should the DON have available for Section 8? Rebecca, Although this review is completed offsite per CMS, they may have questions, and sometimes technology does not always work correctly. I recommend the DON have copies of all weekly data reported to the CDC to prove it was submitted timely just in case there's a hiccup with the NHSN database. And finally, section nine is emergency preparedness. This section has two questions. One, does the facility have a policy and procedure for ensuring staffing to meet the needs of the residents when needed during an emergency, such as the COVID-19 outbreak? And two, policy implementation. In an emergency, Did the facility implement its planned strategy for ensuring staffing to meet the needs of the residents? Now, this question is not applicable if an emergency staffing situation was not needed.
0: If surveyed, what should the DON have
1: available for Section 9? Rebecca, all facilities should have an emergency preparedness plan. Facility leadership should review this plan to ensure it meets the needs of the residents. They should have a copy of the plan and be able to show how the facility implemented it, or if there is no COVID-19 in the facility currently, how the facility will implement it if it's needed.
0: Thank you, Denise. These are some helpful tips to help Directors of Nursing get prepared for the Focused Infection Control Survey.
1: Thank you for having me, Rebecca. And on behalf of APACN and AADNS, I also wanna thank you for everything you are doing for your residents and your staff during this stressful time. And I wish you all the best. Stay healthy. Listeners,
0: thank you for joining us today. If this podcast was helpful to you, don't hesitate to hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a future episode. For more survey readiness resources and tools, please visit our website at www.aadns-ltc.org.